Hey guys, welcome to Hugs and Hugs episode 6. I'm Brian and Megan's not here because we recorded the episode and totally forgot to record the intro. And I got home and I texted Megan, we forgot to record the intro and she's like, well just do it yourself, so that's what I'm doing. But <laughs> it's a really good episode, I'm, I'm really uh, happy with it and, and proud of it. Uh, we talk about the super unfortunate uh, passing of Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, which came out of nowhere and broke my heart. We talk about that extensively. We talk about the OJ trial. We talk about very pertinent news issues. Also, Megan did one of those ancestry tests and found out her ethnic makeup. We go into that and much, much more. I'm really happy with this episode and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, hugs and hugs episode six begins now i've been so tired lately so you drink emergency so like i have my period and i feel like as i'm getting older my periods are getting worse oh, and they're God. like <laughs> they're <laughs> you know heavier flow it's not a heavier flow it's the, the symptoms so it's like i'm like i get headaches like i'm tired like i'm fatigued all of the things that you're supposed to, like, I never, like, I used to pride myself on, like, not having PMS. Like, I would be like, I don't, like, girls. I never and, like, knew that era of you. Oh. <laughs> like, I can always tell. <laughs> well, in high school, like, everyone would be like, oh, I have my period. I'm feeling, and I'm, I would just, like, for me, I'd be like, I feel fine. It never affected me until, like, a couple of years ago. And now, it's now like. Now, cheers. Now you have to drink emergency? To... I, I just feel like. Uh, How are you? Good? Well, your immune system is low when, uh. When you're on your period. Mm. Let me see that packet. I want to see what else is in that. Is it just vitamin C? I don't know. Didn't your doctor said you were taking too much vitamin C? I've never heard that, but you mentioned that once. Yeah, um, uh, too many emergency packets. Oh, but there's that was, B vitamins, antioxidants. That was a long time ago. Look, I haven't taken one in a couple of days. I can take one now. Well, if it helps with your symptoms, that's good. Before we go further, I just have to watch it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. So I walk into Megan's house, you know, because this is where we record in Megan's apartment. She is sitting Indian style in front of her TV watching old, they appear to be VHS tapes, but I guess they <clears throat> got converted to DVD. Yeah. So like last Christmas, my parents um, converted all of our like home videos, VHS into DVDs. So we, I have like everything. Dude. It's it's amazing. It's the most amazing footage I've ever. You guys put on dance shows. Oh yeah, game shows. Oh yeah, and it's funny the the dynamic between you and your sister because I yeah. think you're trying to like outperform each other at all times. Well, I, well, looking back on it, I was actually pretty shy. Like I was kind of like a shot. Like I was not in like high school, but like watching those old videos. Like as a little kid, like Erin kind of always took the lead. She was older. That's older classic sister, yeah. older sister thing. And I always, I was kind of shy. In your little shell there. And I would just be like, <laughs> like I would like mess up. But and like you laugh. could see, you could actually see yeah. how you're trying to break through yeah. and make a, make a statement for yourself. Yeah. And then like the cars and stuff. Cause what was that? Like 92, 93? Mu yeah. Must've been like early nineties. That was so that like, right. It's like a different world. All the station wagons. And the haircuts All, and the station wagons. And everything was just blander. Oh, more more bland, right? Yeah. There were a lot of browns, a lot of grays. Oh, I thought you were getting racist for a oh, second. <laughs> no. Oh, God. I would never use that term. A lot of browns. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> oh my god! No, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like the color palettes. <sighs> Yo, the co- well, I think some of that has to do. You know, now we have HD everything. Those VHSs. No, but just very... the colors in general. Like my our, my parents' couches were like beige. But in the same in the same thing though, there was like brands like Hypercolor with like the super neon. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I the do. jams that you would wear. Oh my god! The, uh, we were wearing Bloomies pajamas, and you had your hair color. What, what did they uh, put curlers in? In it? this one video, yeah. So every Christmas Eve, my mom would set my sister and I's hair. She would set our hair, meaning she would put us in hot rollers, and like <laughs> she would like do our hair. And so we had these like big. We looked like newscasters, like forty year old newscasters, but we're like five. So we had these like big, full volume heads of hair. She would spray all this hairspray. Aquanet. She's like Aquanet. destroying the planet, getting yeah. you ready for your so newscast. Like, so like in these videos, like every Christmas Eve, our hair wouldn't move. Like we would move around, but like our hair would like oh. perfectly big and poofy and hairsprayed. Crazy. Can we make like um, a five minute best of montage and post it on social media? Yeah. Something. I got to go through them all. It's gold. It, it really is gold. It Let's really is gold. smoke weed and watch it after the podcast. That could get real weird. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. But oh. also like, yeah. I have some old VHS too. And it's like me and like old musicals. But yeah. like they're buried. Like, yeah. We got to like find them. But it's me. I'm like seven years old singing like. Go west, young man. Adventure is close at hand. Well, the mighty—I was waiting <laughs> for you. Please stop! Please stop doing that. I still remember that. I got to sing. Go. That? It's go west, young man. It was about manifest destiny. <laughs> no, what? Is that a musical? Yeah, it was a musical about like Lois and Clark kind of. Is there a west. name of the musical? I can't remember, man. I was like seven years old. Oh my god! Oh, the mighty Ohio is waiting. No, for I don't so- like it. I don't, it's like so. It's like so intense. It is intense. <gasps> oh my but it's god. on video, and I'm in a cowboy outfit. Oh, we, all right. So did your brother do? Did your brother do musicals too? No, he was a little bit more shy. He played trumpet. Yeah, and he did was you always play sports. Uh, yeah, he played sports. He was a great pitcher. Did in you baseball. play? I played sports, but I wasn't very good. I was on one little league team that was awesome. And, like, we actually kind of played all around Florida. If your team was really good, then you got to travel. And I was the worst player on the best team. But I was great to have in the dugout. <laughs> yeah. I was very good in the dugout yeah. because I gave high yeah. fives. I was very inspirational. I was there. I was a team player. Yeah, you're a good person, like a good energy. Good morale. energy. Yeah. Loved sunflower seeds. But I would always yeah, be. sunflower seeds. So good. But I yeah. would always be stuck in right. So in Little League, if you were in right field, that meant you were the worst. And every time I went up to, to hit the ball, yeah. they always made me bunt. Bunt? What Do you know that? what a bunt is? No. That's all right. So like a full swing is like this. Yeah. A bunt is when you just go, just to get me on base. I oh. didn't mind though, because if it was good for the team, it was good for me. I played softball. What position? <laughs> uh, left field. Oh, okay. Left field, but then I, I one step up from my right field. Yeah, and then I uh, I moved up at some point to sh- I played shortstop for a quick sec. Shortstop's more intense. I would get into shortstop too. Now, when yeah. I was on other teams, I would play more infield. But literally, the, this one year, I was on the Rockies. And they were so good. You know who was on my team? You know the Smoliaks, right? Yeah. Scott Smoliak, the older brother. Oh, yeah. Was like incredible. Yeah. Well, he was just an amazing athlete. He played football, baseball, but he was like the golden child in our team. And he was a switch hitter, which meant he can hit from the, the right side of the plate or the left side of the plate. When you're 12 years old, that was incredible. That is incredible. I, I saw him a couple years ago. He's a sweet kid, man. Yeah. I, whole, that I, whole family's great. Yeah, that family's great. I, 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 uh, I think sports are really important. Aaron and I grew up doing dance and like theater and stuff. And then my friend Rachel, she was like my best friend growing up as a kid. And she lived down the street and her brothers played baseball. So like Mm -hmm. we always went and 
we would go to his baseball games to mm-hmm. like hang out with the boys. Like I was boy crazy. The bleachers. Yeah, like I was boy crazy always. Right. Like always. And so when I started playing, <clears throat> excuse me, softball, we I would wear lipstick to practice and to games. Oh god. But I had braces. Was it like the girls that wear lipstick on yeah. their runyon hikes? Yeah, like I would wear lipstick. <laughs> I had so like, braces, and I had braces, and I was not cute at all. Like I don't know why I thought like lipstick would really seal the deal, <laughs> make the whole thing pop. Yeah, I really made it pop. But oh god, oh the good old days. Well, yeah. today has been a crazy day in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another suicide by a rock and roll lead singer. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Who do, do we know who uh, found him? I heard that it was like an assistant or something. It happened just a little bit north of here, you know, in Southern California. But uh, yeah, Chester Bennington from the band Linkin Park uh, hung himself today at the age of 41. And he left behind six kids. So sad. That's so sad. And like the debate, though, if you go online, it's like, some people will comment, oh, fucking coward. You leave your fucking kids behind. Yeah. And I don't take that side. But man, that's got to be tough as a child. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his depression had to be so legit. Yeah. I don't know. It's so strange. Like, when you have a family, I totally see that side of, of taking that, you know, opinion of that's so selfish. And, and I guess it is to a certain extent. But, like, it's also just so sad. It's just so sad. Like, he went for... It's so sad. Well, it just shows you how depressed he was, like how alone. I don't know. I it's weird because when I think of my depression, like whenever I get depressed, mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of like I feel like alone or I yeah. feel lonely or you know, or whatever dark place I'm in, it's generally like that's the umbrella that mm-hmm. it's under. So I feel almost like if you have a family that you go home to every day. Like, how do you feel so lonely? Like, how do you feel alone or like... Well, I think it's just got to be a deeper mental sickness. Just a deeper... Ver- he might have had a family he went home to, but still felt equally as alone as you do. I don't, also, I don't always feel... Also, I don't always feel alone. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. I also... Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid. I just, you know... What? I mean, Fucking hell. <laughs> Oh my god! (laughs) But you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Um, But it's crazy. Not only did he have this family, his band Lincoln Park, Chester Bennington's band, just released a new album. They were supposed to play at the Hollywood Bowl in October. Still massively successful. I did. So like all you know, all things that you would not associate with someone uh, being suicidal, but I think it just goes to show it doesn't matter like what you where have, you are yeah. in society or anything. If you got mental illness, man, that trumps everything. And also something crazy, he did it today, which would have been Chris Cornell's 53rd birthday, who killed himself two months ago, and he actually sang Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley at Chris Cornell's funeral. They were like really good friends. So it makes me wonder, do you think those things I, were tied together? I almost totally do. I mean, again, speaking on this without ha- with the information that everybody has, you know, it's like, who, who am I to say anything? But just from like what I know, also on his most recent interview, I think on Kimmel, he 
talked about how close he was with Cornell and like oh so that's recent yeah well, it was it was after Cornell died yeah okay. and and like I guess like dedicated the latest album or something like this to Chris Cornell so and like it happened to fall on his birthday it all just seems I don't know well I know this too when he did do it his family was I guess in Arizona I, I think I might not be right but I think he has a house in Arizona and I think he has a house in California he was with his family based on what I read like last week came back he was supposed to later today do a photo shoot with his band and so one of his like assistants someone that works for him you know the classic no one's answering the door they get in there find him with a belt around his neck and then one of the bandmates was picking him up to take him to the photo shoot completely shocked no one saw it coming obviously we'll get so more information so his bandmate found him with a belt around belt. his neck he found him with the the assistant got there first and then the bandmate was there maybe based on what i heard like 5 or 10 minutes later huggy's fucking awful i have to pluck these two eyebrows of yours oh god we're in our, all right I, I mean, I have to get, there's just two. There's just two. Come on, we're in the middle of a <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you have tweezers? Yeah, we got, I got to do it. All right. Hold on, Megan's getting tweezers. We're going to go back to it. You have to do it. It's for your, be- it's for your own good. Okay. All right, just. Just, all right, turn this to me. You should have done the tweezer thing in a happier segment. I'm sorry. We're going to just. Okay. Oh, okay, wait, come oh, back. Good. Oh, you didn't get it? No, I did. You Ugh. do the eyebrow pluck in the middle of the suicide segment? <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus Christ, Megan. Ah! Ugh. Are we good? Am I better? Ugh, yeah, we're right. better. Okay. Uh, now we got that out of the way. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so the bandmate found him. <laughs> good, I, feel, I feel cleaned do you, up. Do you, yeah, it looks yeah. so much better. Um, okay. But it's just so sad. I didn't cry for this one. Remember when Chris Cornell passed away, I cried. Yeah. But that's just because I was more attached to his music. And it shows you the impact that people's music has on you. Like, I felt like I had a relationship with Chris Cornell. Yeah. Even though I had never met him, I had listened to his lyrics and melodies for so long that they became a part of me. How old was Chris Cornell? Chris Cornell, well, I think today would have been his 53rd birthday. So he was 52. And Chester was only 41 years old. Which is just so young, so fucking sad. And he, he sang at Chris Cornell's funeral, and also wrote this like beautiful letter to him. Do you know afterwards. much about him? Like, does he have? Did he have a like drug addiction or yes. anything like this? Yes, I, I've actually interviewed him like twice. You have? Yeah. But did you the, ever interview Cornell? I never interviewed Chris Cornell, but the the interviews I did with Chester, they were like on the telephone. But he was always really, really sweet. Yeah. Because some. It's hit or miss when you interview rock stars on the phone. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you work at a radio station, if you interview a rock star, you'll be like the eighth. They're, they're doing a 10-minute interview in Omaha. They're doing 10 minutes in Seattle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So sometimes they're over it. But I do remember anytime we interviewed him, he was very, very sweet. And that was always really nice because we just wanted to have a nice conversation with him. Yeah. But um, he did struggle with addiction. I think he's been clean, but who knows? And I believe he was like abused as a child mm-hmm. and that's something he could never quite shake shake and the other thing i don't get is like all these guys keep hanging themselves i wouldn't even know how to do that well i don't think is it quick like i know in the olden times right like if you have a noose around you and they pull the floor from under you yeah like your spine cracks and you're dead immediately well, but then- how do 
Like Cornell was in the bathroom. I have no idea how it even works. I mean, I feel like it must be something like that. I mean, I think that you're if you're in a place of like you've obviously put some thought into it. You're you're most likely looking it up and doing your research and like probably trying to figure out the best way to do it in terms of like like how quick you go right. and like how well, yeah because if there's any struggle like right. let's say I was suicidal you like, probably, I don't even want to go down that dark path but if I was and I was like if it's not immediate it's not gonna happen I'm not right. gonna suffer right and okay so this is like totally I don't know but so, you know how there's that thing about like hanging yourself like or like when it comes to like masturbating or like people would like no no like, autoerotic asphyxi- asphyxiation that's yeah. how the lead singer of in excess died i believe right and kill bill the bill from kill bill uh david carradine oh really uh, yeah well so i th- so i'm does the possibility exist that like maybe these people who do, who do that and decide to go that way maybe they kind of want a little bit of like euphoria before they Die? I think it's possible. I haven't read anything or about Or maybe Chris that Cornell. only happens when you're masturbating and then it happens. I don't know. And don't in know. regards... No, no, no. It's a good question. And in regards to like David Carradine, who played Bill and Kill Bill, like, I don't know if it was suicide or like if he just screwed up. Because I know, you know, I mean, yeah. it's been scientifically proven that if you do the choking thing, like it can increase your orgasm or whatever. Yeah. But man, that's that's some risky... Norm Macdonald does a bit on on his new stand-up yeah, special. Yeah, totally. He's like, the risk-reward's not very good for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a bit much. He's like, reward, 25% orgasm. Risk, death. Yeah. Like, it's not a good risk-reward. I just, it's so crazy to think of, I mean, because they've got to be looking it up. They've got to be, like, weighing their options. And then... To, like, plan it? And, like, are they doing it on the shower wrap? Roll or what's the well? I think with Chris Cornell, it was in the bathroom. I think he used the doorknob. The doorknob. I think, and I don't even know with him if it was planned. He literally walked off stage an hour and a half beforehand, and then it happened. So I don't know if this thing is like super premeditated with him. I don't know if he was on stage the whole night knowing it was going to be his last show, or if one thing literally just snapped him into just. Wanting to end it all. It's really hard to wrap your brain around. How do you do that on a doorknob? I, that's that's exactly what I'm bringing up. See, I when I no think of, when I think of it visually, I I imagine on a shower curtain yeah. like thing. But then those aren't strong enough to. I don't know. I don't. I feel weird even talking about it. No, I do too. There's been so much suicide <laughs> though, and I just wonder. Do you think there's like a correlation between? Being this like lead singer poet guy, which should be such a happy thing, is there a correlation between that and being suicidal? Because I mean, Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley could have been a drug overdose, could have been a suicide. Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington. I mean, these guys were Mm-mm. all incredible lead singers. Well, I think I think when there's an artist of any kind. All artists, I think, are more in touch with their emotions. So they're more emotional. So I feel like with that emotion comes like a a pretty big imagination and also like romanticizing things. So like the idea of like, I'm going to go out in this way or this or they almost like painting a picture of their life. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, that's an overall generalization with like artists in general. But like, I think there is, you know, it appears to be that way. It seems the percentage of rock lead singers that commit suicide is an overwhelming higher percentage than pretty much any other 
field of work that I can think of. And I guess the writing is not necessarily on the wall, but I mean, today I was driving and I was listening to K-Rock, which is like the rock station in not only Los Angeles, but probably the biggest rock station in the country. And um, they were doing a tribute to uh, Linkin Park. I was listening to their songs. And when you hear those lyrics, you're like, oh shit, these are some dark, dark lyrics. But you don't really... you don't think of anything then, and the thing is, we all have dark thoughts, so people really relate to it, and that's part of what... <laughs> you know what, so this brings me to something, actually. I So I did. I had a show last night. Yeah. And so, Comedy show? Comedy show. So a stand-up show. So, I, so there's this one girl who went on, I'm not going to say her name, um, but it was like her comedy was very, very dark. Do I know her? No, okay. no, no, no. She, I, didn't, I didn't know her. I knew like... 70% of the people on the on the lineup and I didn't know this person but everything was just too close to home it seemed like her whole thing was about her depression about her um her a relationship that just ended and how her boyfriend they were both like heroin addicts or Oof. like and the only <clears throat> bad thing about the relationship ending is that like she doesn't have access to heroin. Like, it was just like... Were the jokes funny? No, or? no. And like, I mean, there were some some funny, but like, it was so... Like, I feel like heroin should never be the punchline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think heroin you is... You just <laughs> use it as a punchline. All right. The irony is, you, by you saying heroin should yeah. be a punchline, that was a punchline, and yeah. I laughed at it. So, yeah. well, boom. Sure. You just put yourself wrong there. But you know Heroin's what I mean. Heroin's a hoot. Heroin's so funny. But you know what I mean? I, I feel like... Heroin is the kind of like the one drug that you don't joke about or maybe you joke about it because it's so extreme. But when somebody and so in my brain, I think that nobody's actually doing heroin because I'm like, how are people doing heroin? Like, how does it that happen? It happens way more than you realize. Totally. But and so it's just not close to me in my world. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Joe, anyway, it was just too close to home. And like. Not for me, but it seemed like for her. And she just, she kind of looked like a mess. Like Ugh. she had like, she had like holes in her dress. I, don't, I feel like really bad saying this. She just, she looked sad. And so there was this like overall sad tone to her set. And so it didn't, what she was talking about didn't work for her, you know? Yeah. Like, and you know, that's what all comics are doing is like, I, you know, ta- like using their life. Like 90 seven percent of the stuff i talk about is real yeah and on stage and so anyway no it's hard making that dark stuff funny but when you do and it lands and it's relatable then that's some of the best comedy on earth yeah it's so, hard though it's tr- that's, what, uh, that's why i think stand-up comedy is one of the most amazing art forms of all time i think it's truly difficult you have to do it five days a week to be really good at it because it's such a fine-tuned way of communicating and getting laughter and well, go- going it, it, super dark and knowing how to time it and having it relate to people. Yeah. Yeah, so how that relates to the music thing. I feel like when I listen to music, I'm not really thinking that these are their songs or like these songs are about them or these are their feelings. You know, when I watch a set, a comic do a set, I'm like, to me, I'm like immediately, yes. Okay, so that is their life, you know, give or take, a, you know, a little bit. But you know, I think of a song as it's like a it's like a song. Like right. It's not like their life, but like if I don't know. Yeah, but once they pass away from you know in this situation a suicide, you kind of go back and look at the lyrics and you're like, oh, yikes. Were they maybe like reaching out? Like it's I can't even I can't wrap my brain around it. 
And speaking, uh, one one more thought. Have you ever heard of? Uh, there was a comedy writer who wrote for Parks and Recreation that overdosed on heroin. Hold Recently, on. I think his name was Harris Whittles. Oh yeah, Harris Whittles. Yeah, Do you know him? Um, I I didn't know him, but I know of him, and he's okay. very funny. Harris Whittles was so funny, and he was one of the main writers on Parks and Rec. Yeah, he actually did a bunch of podcasts, and one of them was with Pete Holmes. Yeah, I li- I listened to it. Have you listened to? Yeah, it's one of the greatest oh. podcasts. Yeah, I've ever heard. Did you just listen to it? I listened to it maybe like a few months ago. I haven't heard it recently. So but- he's actually on that podcast twice. So like. Uh, Pete Holmes interviews him twice and I've when there when my podcast that I listen to like when there aren't new ones I will go back there like I've listened to each one of his like maybe 10 times well the one that I heard was pretty dark yeah I mean it's about his heroin addiction it's about him Him. going and writing on Parks and Rec with Amy Poehler and all these geniuses of comedy and, and by the way, if you talk to Amy Poehler or any of them, they said he was nothing but the sweetest yeah. guy, genius comic yeah. writer. He would go write for them and then immediately go to Skid Row, yeah. which is the darkest part of Los Angeles. If you mm-hmm. want to get heroin, that's where you go. And he would just go and shoot up heroin. He- and he talks about this on Pete Holmes' podcast. Anyone listening to this, if you need something else to listen to, Pete Holmes' podcast is called This Might Get Weird. Or You Made It Weird. Or You Made It Weird. I'm sorry. Thank you. And... Um, <laughs> Harris Whittles, look it up. It's one of the most captivating things ever. It's also super depressing because a few years ago he ended up overdosing and yeah. passing away. It's very, it's very heroin. sad, but it's a little bit of like insight into like, you know, and he very openly talks about his addiction, you know, and he, and like, he could make it funny. But I mean, yeah, that, but also just him talking about it, you know, and he happened to be like in a, in a sobriety phase during that um, interview. But it wasn't, he, I mean, he said that it wasn't too long before that he was, you know, using and how it's still a struggle and how like. It's hard, dude, dude, opiates are a motherfucker. Yeah. And like back home in South Florida, it's worse than it's ever been. Really? Oh God, it's, well, because what happened was South Florida was where you went to go get oxycodone pills, Percocet, Vicodin, because all the pill mills were open. There were loopholes where people from all around, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, they would go down, fake injuries, be able to get you know, Roxy's super easy and go deal them off. Well, what happened is they shut down, they cracked down on those pill mills. Well, you know what else is just like a Roxy, but more intense heroin. Right. And it's it's also way cheaper. Right. So now with those being gone, people still have their addictions. And now heroin overdoses are at an all time high in South Florida. They're an all time high in new England and all around the country. It's really, really awful. Yeah, it's awful. I'm so glad I've never... Don't do heroin. I'm, I'm so glad I've never done heroin. Man, it's it's gotten close. No. No, no, no. I feel like... See, okay, so we, I, I, I am at I've never heroin. done heroin. I've definitely done Percocet and stuff before, though, and that shit is addictive as fuck. See, you know what's interesting is that I'm not... I I was gonna say that I I'm just glad that I never really got into the the like those pills. Don't yeah, it's just I bad never, news. Because yeah. what it does is it just kind of like takes over your happy part of your brain, and like once you don't have it, you don't ha- it like sucks out part of your happy like literally literally does that. And yeah. so you're always chasing, and then you're just taken to be normal, and it's this vicious cycle. I, and then it goes beyond addiction. Yeah, it becomes your it's it's a tolerant. Your body has to have it. You get sick. Yeah, you get the flu. Yeah, diarrhea, cold sweats. Like you literally have to take it to be normal. It's this vicious, awful cycle. So yeah, no, I mean, I no remember heroin. even even times when I've I've been prescribed it. Like I broke a f- my foot once, and I 
like I just I remember have I think I had it but I didn't take it or or I or I refuse like I'm just that's good yeah good stick to the rosé so I'm just, little I'm weed fine with rose, the rosé the rosé weed diet we'll watch your old VHS tapes <laughs> yeah, from 1992 rosé and Megan's 92 VHS tapes just as good if not better than heroin oh my god way better than heroin that's a great Saturday night. Oh. We're going to do it. Let's Rose do it. Rosé and old home vids. <laughs> that sounds so good. That sounds so good. <sighs> All right, let's, let's A nice shift bubbly rosé. A little, little bubbly rosé. And then the next day we get a chicken Caesar salad. Oh, man. That's the dream. I had a nice chick Caesar today. Was it delish? Delish. You had a nice dressing on it? Jussies. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah, that's part of the salad. Part, the, it's like the majority of the salad. Oh, yeah, that's right, what makes it. Right, the, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, uh-huh. So what do you think of, a uh, lot, lot in the news today, what do you think of uh, OJ out on parole? Nine years? You know what's so interesting about this? When you watch, well, so I watched on CNN today live the um, verdict. Did where, you watch on like Facebook or actually on CNN? On CNN. Okay. Um, and he, it does a really good job. Okay, so now this was an honest instinct, right? My honest feeling Putting aside the fact that he killed his wife. Wait, like <laughs> and slit her head like yeah, a fucking the, right, so dispenser. Yeah. Put, okay. All right, we'll put that aside. <laughs> so putting aside all of the things that like are obviously terrible, <laughs> he he's comes off very sweet. And, oh. and oh I know. He comes off here so this I know listen, just like he comes off very like, really sweet, really well, charming. That's because he's a sociopath. Exactly. Totally. And that's one of the things. They do come off charming. They that's co- how they get away with their shit like yeah. Ted Bundy and the dude from yeah. American Psycho. Yeah. For like for like a split second, I was like when when the judge was reading the verdict, his face and he was just sitting there and like his like sad face and his like worried face, and I was like, oh, like I, I felt everything. <laughs> fell into his trap. I That's felt how he's gotten oh, everything in his life. I know because you know he's an asshole, right? Yeah. Have I'm, you seen the documentary? No. You gotta watch it. Oh, really? Ten part documentary on the whole OJ thing. It's one of the most amazing things I've Netflix? ever seen. It is on Netflix. <gasps> it's so good. Oh. And, oh my god. So even let's just pretend this isn't the show. There, no, there's the show and, and then the doc. The, okay, okay, okay. Both are great. Yeah, I saw the show. show. The show was good. Show great. Show great. Doc, possibly better, because it's real. Yeah. So it's real let's footage, just take away, real Let's stuff. just take away Nicole Kidman. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. not Nicole Kidman. I said but we could, <laughs> Nicole we, Brown. But we could take Nicole Kidman out of it, yeah, let's, too. Uh, yeah, let's leave Nicole what? Kidman out of this. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Whatever, Ron Goldman or whatever his name was. Mm. Take them out of the equation. He was still a gigantic asshole. Right. Has like abused women, abused people right. his entire life. Right. Like has never been a good guy. When you and I first talked about it this morning and when I first was watching it, mm-hmm. my immediate feeling is, and this is after I got over my feelings for him. After he charmed, after, <laughs> after OJ charmed you? This was after he charmed me <laughs> uh, and I realized who he was. I, so my second instincts, I guess you would say, were that... He, I was like, okay, it's just like he's been in prison for prison for nine years because of a burglary. It's a bit much. Well, but okay, okay, so right, so that was I. I was just like, okay, it's a bit much. I mean, come on, come on. But anyway, so then somebody brings up a good point. I don't like you know because it's on CNN. It cuts back and forth to the talking heads. Talking heads. So somebody you know says says what I just said, and then somebody else comes in and says, "You are allowed to in the justice system." 
it is part of it to to factor in your past things. So well, like in his past things, though, he's technically innocent. Well, well, right. So he okay. So besides the killing of Nicole and Ron, he was there were many times that Nicole called the nine one one. So he, I mean, he's been arrested before and there are charges against him for right. domestic abuse and for you know this and the other so like keeping so they're they are allowed to factor those things in sure which i didn't i kind of didn't realize like i'm i'm under the impression that like each scenario is on its own mm-hmm. right yeah uh but i guess it does make sense so then when the judge comes out with like his verdict he says he's talking about um him being a danger to to the community so mm-hmm. you know like in- which I believe he is. Right. He's getting off on parole. So like he's going to be like right. very highly watched. And right. I mean, if he fucks up again, it's like. He's going right back to prison. But. Like he killed his wife. Well, and he lost the civil case. So there was another case that said, yes, you yeah. did kill him and, and he, you owe these families a shitload yeah. of money. Yeah. That's so. And he how is it that he loses a civil case, but then is. How, how is that? I don't the understand The good old that. American justice system. No, but seriously, how does that. I, like, do you, I it was really two, don't two understand. separate cases. He. He he won the criminal case and he lost the civil case. They were just. I don't understand. I don't understand it either. It's fucking confusing, man. But now he's out. He killed his wife. Well, I know I'm living in nice civil case. Yes, he did. I know. And if you watch this documentary, it is so obvious. Now, here's a couple things that I got from watching uh, the the parole hearing today on TV. Like, who's killing people? He is. He's a, <laughs> I know what I just. He's can't. a lunatic. Okay. But this is what I got. Where you saw him as charming. Okay. I saw him as an asshole because what you're supposed to do if someone would have spoken to him properly about the correct way to handle a parole hearing, you're supposed to be very apologetic. Right. You're supposed to, like, show remorse. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, in his case, when they, he talked to the parole, parole officers about a year or two ago, they said, hey, there was booze involved. You were drunk when this happened. I think alcohol might be a problem for you. And if you watch the documentaries, he's definitely had a problem with alcohol. Today, he, had, he said, no, 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 I don't have any problem at all. But any of these troubles that have come about in his life, more times than not, are linked with him being drunk. No rosé for OJ. <laughs> <laughs> no rosé for OJ. No, no rosé for... He said, <laughs> while you're in prison, go to AA. Yeah. And why wouldn't you do that? Right. It's not like you can even booze there anyway. Your parole officer just said, hey, do this. It's going to look good. Yeah. And what, go, and, and what else are you doing? Yeah, what else are you doing? What other activity do you have? Yeah. Go to A. 12 steps. 12 stepping up. Why not? Why not? And so today they said, did you go to A? said, no, I didn't. And it's like, you freaking asshole. Like, that's was the he, one thing you had to do. And then he wasn't apologetic. He was kind of like... The whole... T- the, during No, because this was the final trial. So this was the final thing. So, like, I'm sure he showed remorse and was apologetic leading up to it, right? This Not was just really. the one... That, really? No? no? Have you been following this? Well, yes, I have. And the thing is, he didn't have that much crazy stuff to be apologetic for because he went to jail for nine years. If this was anyone else that didn't have this, uh, you know skeletons in the closet of murdering two people Uh, they would have gotten maybe two to three years because what he was doing was trying to get back stuff that was actually his Mm -hmm. they had a scuffle in a hotel room he had two bodyguards with him and it got heated the two bodyguards pulled out guns on these guys oj didn't even have a gun but those guys were associated with him and because of that he ended up getting that super strict 
Well, he he got he got found guilty, and then the super strict sentencing of nine years, I think, came with the fact that the judge knew that he had a pretty bad past. So, but he, he, I still don't understand what happened. Like, he, where, they were at a hotel when he went to steal his Someone stuff? Someone had, like, a bunch of merchandise, and I guess some of it was his own personal merchandise, and he was drunk and trying to get it back. And it Did got, he just run into this person and see this, or was there's, it there's, a planned... There, there's accounts that they broke into the hotel room, but today... He said that they had like a key and were able to get in like civilly and it got heated. Like I said, he didn't even pull a gun. So normally for something like this, this robbery, not pulling a gun, right. you would get the two years. So I could see the chip on his shoulder, you know, for being in jail for so long for something that he shouldn't have been. But dude, you're at a parole hearing. Like you have to just show remorse, like put your ego aside. And that's the other thing. If he goes to AA, I think that would freaking humble him. 12-step program, like, yeah. deflates your ego. That's yeah. the whole purpose of it. So if not even for the booze or anything else, go to the, the AA meeting just to, like, find yourself, dude. Yeah, but you somebody that... super issues. Somebody that fucking, what, narcissistic? Yeah. Whatever the fuck? Check. Sociopath check. Check. Asshole that check. That crazy spectrum side... They're not looking to look inward. Well, they nor need, are they for for like self help. Well, you know they what need I mean? they need a quote unquote rock bottom. And if he hasn't hit it yet, well, then it just doesn't exist for him. Jesus, what's his rock bottom gonna be? I, I, like he fled. He they like there was a car chase. Like he was fleeing the a police. Car chase. It was the craziest car chase of all right. time. I remember being. It's, like, I yeah. think I was like eleven years old watching it. Why insane. flee the scene? Why flee the scene? Oh, because he's innocent. No. Right. It's he's just so duh. you got to watch this documentary. I'm, so, I'm going to watch it tonight. It's so good. I'm so You're into You're going to be hooked. You're going to binge it. It's insane. Can I watch it before bed? You can. Yeah. Because yeah, you kind of know what happens. It's yeah. not, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. like it's terrifying. Not, it's you, won't, you won't have nightmares. Okay, but. yeah. OJ, uh, officially free, I guess, come October. But not free, like I said. When you're on, when you're off on parole. Oh, so he gets out of prison come October. It's not like he got to go home today. Mm-mm. He's he's still in prison till October, and then he's going to be living in Florida, sunny, sunny South Florida. And I guess he's allowed to drink, but if he and excessively I, drinks and his uh, blood alcohol goes over point oh eight, he goes right back into prison or acts up in any way. Yeah, and I was I don't fully have a grasp on it, but hearing about how. The reason why South Florida, he's there, is because Florida is more lenient when it comes to certain uh, laws. So, like, yeah, I think South Florida is like the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like to each their own. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own, buddy. Jesus, I mean, he's very charming. <laughs> he's very charming. You would totally bang OJ Simpson. I would think I would. If you would, OJ. I think I. I mean, I could. I could have very well been Nicole. Oh, God. you know. All right, let's say OJ charms you. He's got a bank. Well, he I does mean, have a bank account, but he's he owes so much restitution that he doesn't even have money anymore. He doesn't even have his Heisman he, Trophy. Heisman Trophy is the award you get when you're the best college football player. Yeah. He won that back in the seventies. Yeah. I think the Goldman's got that. They took everything from him in that civil case. It's crazy. I wouldn't bang OJ now. You would bang him in his prime, though? <laughs> I maybe would have banged him in his prime. Hurt, Hurts commercial OJ? I, maybe. I mean, I don't... I never <laughs> looked at OJ in that way, you know? But, but today he but charmed you today through Today he screen. charmed the shit and out of me. his little denim shirt or whatever he was wearing. It was a blue a blue shirt. Which, it should have been a collared shirt, but it had no collar. Yeah, it looked that? like scrubs or something. Yeah. Would you let OJ give you a massage? 
Would you get now? a massage? Now? Uh, for these questions, are we talking? Yeah, in Florida. Ring, ring, ring. No. Hey, it's OJ. No, I'm not saying that I'm interested in OJ. I'm <laughs> saying that I understand his charm. Now, if he didn't kill his wife, and if all of the things, all, all of the things, like, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, me as an adult crossing paths with OJ, the, I could see me being like, sure, I'll take a back rub from him. He likes the white ladies. I mean, and oh, I mean, God. not to be whatever, but. Well, I'm glad you weren't charmed. And the black dude. By OJ. Yeah, the black dudes like you. Black dudes like me. I got uh, them. Well, you missed your chance oh, there, Megan. Oh, so, uh, damn it. What? <laughs> Man, I missed a good one. Sounds like you have a thought that just sparked. I did, I did. So my, my parents did Ancestry.com. Oh, really? Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, this is good. This is very good. So my parents did Ancestry.com, and so I've- Ancestry.com, that's where you do the swab on your gum, and it tells you your heritage, right? Right, exactly. So, um, hold on. I'm gonna pl- I need to pull this up. Sorry. You're good. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, my parents both did the swab, and then they sent it in. Now, I've spent the majority of my life being like, I say I'm French, I'm Irish, and I'm Slovenian. That's like what? <laughs> what was the last one? Slovenian. Slovenian. Stop! You're making. Stop doing. You're messing me up. Slovenian. Where, where are they from? So that's Slovenia. Like, yeah. Is that, is that a country? Well, it's like the Czech, Re- oh, okay. Czech Republic. I think. Oh, so you're like a Slovak. A Slovenian. Okay, Slovenian. A Slovak. <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Oh shit! Is it? Oh god! What is it? <laughs> oh know. no! Wait. Slovenian is what? I have to Google this. Okay. Sorry. Jesus Slovenian Christ. is what? Is it ch- my? If my mom listens to this, she's gonna be very upset. From the country of Slovenia. Slovenia. <laughs> That's not a country. <laughs> it is Slovenia. Slovenia, a country in Central Europe. Really? Known for its uh, mountains, ski resorts, and lakes. Yeah. Hugs. Oh, Jesus. Well, I feel stupid. Okay. Okay. So you thought you were from the mountain country <laughs> of Slovenia? But Slovenia used to be like it used to be called the Czech Republic or something like this, or Czechoslovakia. Anyway. Maybe they're the same thing. I sound like an asshole. That no, you sound fine. Let's move on. So anyway, I know that I'm Slovenian. I know that I'm Irish. I know that I'm French. Okay. So they do this. My sister geeks out on it and takes the results from my parents' thing and does our own. Um, so my sis, this is my sister and I. <laughs> we are 20% Slovenia, Slovenia. Oh, so you were right about that. Uh-huh. 20% Great Britain. 18% Ireland. 13% European Jew, 12% France, 10% Italy, Greece, 7% Spain, Portugal, Ooh. 1% Asian, and 1% Asian, <laughs> and 1% uh, Syria, Iraq. So you're white as fuck, except that 1% Asian and, and that, like, 7% Spanish, Portuguese. Okay, yeah, that's. That's cool. I mean, also, I've for years I've been telling my sister that we've all been telling her that she looks Asian. <laughs> so, like, this was gold to get this. It just really solidified everything You've for me. You've been telling your sister she looks Asian. She for looks. Years? She is. Oh god, I sound like a dick. She looks Asian. She <laughs> looks Asian. She does. Wait, she, why does that make you sound like a well, dick? What, is it embarrassing her, to look Asian? No, she, no, we're no, all beautiful. Because, it's a small world. We're all beautiful. All right, relax. It's because her. It's because her eyes. They look. She look has Asian eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like I. I could come off sounding like a dick, but I mean, whatever. They're, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus. So and you have a black person's butt. And I have a black person. Well, that's what I said. There. I said, Aaron, I can't believe. I was like, okay. So I kind of think that the 7% makes sense. Like, I feel 
like a little, I've got a little ethnic in me, <laughs> but I am shocked that I'm not any percent black. Oh, I thought for sure I had some black I in me. I bet if you would have come to the salsa festival, that whole, oh, that Spanish would have come out in full Oh, gear. yeah, I would have come out. I probably would have left with a husband. <laughs> I know. I gotta start going. OJ. To, I I would have left with OJ. I should. I gotta start going to more um, ethnic festivals. They're very very fun. Ethnic festivals for me. Yeah, let's do it. So the my, I sent you the link to the app that tells you where all the festivals are in Los Angeles. <laughs> the festival app the is LA so festival good. App is very good. It's so good. Okay, so with that whole discovery of ancestry.com, politically, no, I'm not gonna go cray political right now. Please don't. Okay, but I will say. I'm an immigrant. We are all fucking immigrants. <laughs> this is where you're going. This is where I'm going. Is that like this gets political because it's like, look at my fucking, that's what I am. I that's know. literally what I am. That's literally what well, look everybody at, is. Look at Donald Trump's wife. She's right. Russian. All Americans are immigrants. I know. That's what makes our country beautiful. Right. You so don't got to sell me on this. I'm not selling you. I'm just, it was like another point. Like I was just like, fuck you, fucking Trump. That being said, build that wall. Bill, that. No, don't say oh, it feels yeah. off. I said yeah. it as a joke I and I felt dirty. I feel that's how I felt about that. That wall's not yeah. getting built, is it? He's, I can't. he's getting nothing done. I can't. He's getting health care bill. Nothing. They had nothing. They're getting nothing done. Good. Whatever. Just fast forward time. Let's get to the next election. He is such a stupid he's, man. He's no good. Uh, I, I have a good ancestry.com story. Great. You've heard it before, but <laughs> pretend like you haven't. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um,. And I want to ask you about this after uh, this story. My roommate, yeah, Greg Hansen, yeah, did the ancestry thing, yeah, with his girlfriend, who's also my roommate, Danielle. They both did it. They got the results back. So what happens? And I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. You're now put into a database, or your parents are, mm-hmm. so you can find out about relatives, like second cousins you've never had before, and stuff. Yeah, by being in the database. So Greg gets in the database. He already has a pretty big family. I think he has like seven brothers and sisters. Some of them are half. I think he has like maybe, I think he has like two full-on brothers and sisters and then three or four like half siblings, okay? And he takes this ancestry test. I'll never forget it. He's like online. We're in the apartment. And all I hear is, holy fucking shit. (sighs) I'm like, what, what, what? He goes, come here, come here. I'm like, what? He goes, dude, look at this. He points at the, and I don't know what it means. I'm like, I don't know what that means. He goes, I have a fucking sister. He found out after doing that test that he had a long lost older sister that he never, ever knew about from his father. So half sister. Half sister, yes. Half sister, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently this... This girl, his half-sister, found out that I guess her dad wasn't who she thought it was. So she's like, I got to find my real father. So she starts taking all the tests. Because there's Ancestry, there's 23andMe, blah, blah, blah. And I forget exactly which one they did. I think they did 23andMe. Yeah. And after doing all this test, and they were, my roommates were just doing it because we're we're all curious where we come from. He ends up finding out that he had a long-lost sister. To make it crazier for her, she went from, I think, 
she had no siblings to in that one day finding out that she had seven siblings she knew nothing about. That's nuts. Is that not crazy? Where does she live? She lives in New York City. He actually met her. Like a f- He did? Yes, they all went for coffee. And Greg's sister, Jackie, who's a sweetheart who you oh, have to I meet. Oh, I chills. I met, I met Jackie. They came to the pool party. Oh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. You did meet Jackie. Yeah, yeah. She's such a sweetheart. And um, they, uh, yeah, they all met each other. And now... Are they like... They're they, like a family. Oh my God, I love this. And she, but like, she's, I think maybe, I think she's a little bit older than I am. I think she's maybe like 35 or 36. Yeah. But can you imagine going practically half your life, not thinking you have siblings, doing one of these tests and finding out you have a long lost family. And then I was there too. Greg had to call his dad. He oh yeah, his that's dad my next because, question. dad, sit down. You have a daughter that you know nothing about. And he really knows nothing? Knew, well, now he does. Well, right, but he really didn't know? No, I guess he went to Montauk in 1979, had a little fling with a gal, and from that fling came the long-lost uh, half-sister. The, the, you just spit in my eye. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like literally right We're now. very close today. <laughs> We're very close today. The, the gal never tried to reach out? Who? The mom, uh, the sister's mom. She like I don't know if she didn't know who the dad. Like it was I, just I, I like one random fling. I think it was just a random night of passion in Montauk, <laughs> Long Island. Where all the where all the long yeah, nights of was, passion. They were, they were. I think they were off the the bay. I know nothing about Montauk. They were eating some soft. It's in Long Island. It's like near the Hamptons. Is it nice? It's very nice. That's Montauk. like where Billy Joel. Billy Joel used to hang out. Oh. Monta. Eh. No. Okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. But that's an incredible story, That's isn't amazing. It? So are, do, are they like keep in touch? Or are they going to do I like think, holidays together? I don't know if they're going to do holidays, but they keep in touch. Mm. I think she has tattoos. Nice. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I got to do that test. You got to do it. It's fun. It's a good... So my sister gave it to, I think, my parents for Christmas or a Father's Day, Mother's Day, something like this. It's And I think it's a great gift. It makes a great gift. Mm-hmm. You should do it get it as oh, a gift. Oh, yeah. Well... And my mom was like, why do they even take the test? And I'm like, because why wouldn't you take the test? <laughs> She's like, There's, I don't know why they would take the test. I'm like, I'm going to take the test. She's like, why do you want to take the test? I'm like, I want to know where I'm from. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe my dad's got a secret love child. Maybe I'll find a new sister. Oh, what if you No, that would be horrible. That would oh. make my mom very oh. upset. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, just got, so I just got excited about your, <laughs> about your new sister. I just got excited about your new sister. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I mean, my brother does have incredibly red hair. Yeah. Does anybody else in your family have red hair? My great-grandmother did. Huh. My mom has, like, reddish tints. And he has, like, bright blue eyes. Yeah, he's, like... Does your mom or dad have blue eyes? No. He, like, defies genetics. He has, like, every recessive gene there of is, all time. But when it comes to redheads, it's a specific gene, though, right? It is. It's, like, something that is... It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, uh, like genetic. I think... I always I, thought I it was know. recessive genes. I got to do my homework. Yeah, I don't know. But everyone says that my brother's a breeder. Because oh, oh, yeah. You got you to keep the redheads living. Yeah, he's so, a breeder. Greg, if you're listening, you have to breed. He's got to breed with another redhead. <laughs> we got to do pure, 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 pure. <laughs> I can't say it. Pure breed. That is tough. Pure breed's tough. Oh, I said pure it quite breed. easily. You just said it very, pure, pure breed. breed. Pure breed, pure breed, pure I can't, breed. I can barely, oh, pure fast, breed. Fast four times, right? Pure breed, pure breed, pure breed. Oh, okay. Pure breed. I can't even do it once. I can't even do it once. Your your brother's got a Greg. You gotta you gotta well, pure breed. Yeah, his his we, girlfriend does not have red hair. Yeah, we gotta we gotta look into that. Okay. I wonder how many if if the <laughs> redheads are going after the redheads. Um, if they want a pure, breed. I don't breed. know. Do you but think I they want a pure breed? I don't see a lot of redheads with redheads. Yeah, neither do I. Hmm. I, I don't see, see a lot of redheads. Period. My brother's like. 
a I, little, my brother's a little miracle. I, there, I think it's so like the it's so like to have hair that orange. Oh my god! And when he was younger, it was like that's a, that's like a beautiful color. It's gorgeous. How my, did, my mom always tells stories like when we saw the babies in the hospital, <laughs> I knew which one was mine. The one with the beautiful red hair. I don't Aww. know why I'm making my mom southern. I know <laughs> your mom's. Southern. Nina went home and made some biscuits uh, yeah. for the family. I don't know, but she's from New York. She, she's, yeah, she's. I like her Southern, though. I like her Southern. Yeah, she's good Southern. Yeah, my sister, when she was born, she looked like a little Asian baby. <laughs> and my parents both, my mom has blonde hair, blue eyes. So the Asian thing really popped in the early years. My mom, the, they, Aaron was brought to my mom, and my parents both asked the doctors to double check to see if it was their baby. Really? They thought it was a mis- mistake. Wow. Because Aaron looks nothing. I mean, we have like light skin, light hair in the family. And Aaron comes in and she's like this little fucking Asian baby. Coming Bl- in hot. Jet black hair. Well, see, with my mom, because, you know, it comes out, the baby comes out of the v- vagina. Oh. And so they could see. Oh, does it? <laughs> well, no, they could a see. Giant a giant red fireball giant coming red out of your vagina. fireball <laughs> coming out of my mother's vagina. Oh, my God. Yes. Did your mom do both births vagina? She did both. Oh, I think she had a C-section for me. She said I had a very big head. She said yeah. I, gave, I gave her 26 stitches. Oh, yeah. She said Greg was a dream. Yeah. She always makes a joke about that. How Greg giant was a dream. my head was. And yeah. How I just plowed through. Yeah, I was C-section too. No remorse. You know what's interesting? I'm, I want to look into this. There is, so there is something, um, there's a doc, you were talking about a good doc. There's a documentary called, oh God, The, oh, uh, the Business of Being Born. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's like, uh, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but basically it's about how like in our generation growing up and like the baby boomers, C-sections became the thing to do. It became like a fad and it became a business. And a C-section is just you just do a little snip snip on the upper vag? No. A C-section is they cut into your stomach. Oh, see, I don't even and know what I'm doing. Yeah. So so like if if you're c you're like taken out of the stomach. So like there's so many things. Do they ever do a snip snip on the vag? I think so. They're having trouble pushing through, I but they're have, almost there. I might have given my mom vag just, stitches. Just like as a snip? <laughs> I came... I came like right at, out of the my like C-section out of the stomach. So like two things here. One with that whole again the business of being born, it's crazy to look at and also very scary because it did become such a business. Like this revolving door of like, you know, this is like the height like it it skyrocketed like insurance companies and hospitals to make more money and C-sections things like this. C-sections were hot. C-sections were hot. Okay. And so, and also it became a thing of like, um, you know, the convenience, the convenience. You schedule your birth, you're, you don't, you get, you're put under and you wake up and you have a baby. You don't feel anything. Mm. So like, that's crazy on its own, the concept, because it takes away so much of like what it, what birth is, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, we should feel the baby. Like, we should be able to, like, we should have that experience, you know? Like, so it, has it changed or C-section's not as popular now? Right. So now with, like, I think the world is becoming a little bit more aware of, like, you know, holistic mm-hmm. ways and things like this. I think Like that, water birth, I feel, is popular. Yeah. But I, that's, like, the extreme, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I think they're less and less, which is good because, yeah, think about it. Like, the baby, you should have this connection with the mom coming out of, like, the vaginal canal or whatever the fuck is mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> I'm a grown ass woman adult. <laughs> I am, I promise. But that should be like a thing, you know, feeling for the baby and for the mom and then to have like and then to be put on your mom's like chest immediately. I think that like that's such a animalistic that's such a thing that's needed. And then, I agree. And then with the like C section, 
I'm curious to know. So like, that's why you're crazy. Right. Because so you didn't get the vag right. exit and I, you didn't get on the chest. The stomach I got, was all. I got an immediate spotlight. <laughs> Think about it. Like, I'm curious to, I'm curious to like hear the statistics about like the people that were C-section and people that came out vag like natural. You think OJ was a C-section? Deaf. Oh, deaf. OJ was deaf. OJ was deaf a C. Deaf a C. Deaf a C. Because I mean, you're just it's cutting up in your stomach and you're popping out. So all of a sudden, there's no transition. It's just like crazy fluorescent lights and these people and there's like. You just I, pop out and you're like, go west, young man. <laughs> Adventure. Yeah. I know you no, hate that. I hate that song, but I, I actually, it worked there. It worked there. <laughs> Thank you. I bet people who I'm are- practicing. Okay, don't. I just stop. I, stop. I, I bet people that were C-section babies have more anxiety than <laughs> the regular babies. Let's do, let's do some homework on that. Like, but not now. We'll okay, do it after okay. the podcast. Maybe. I'm looking at it and we'll bring it back. Ep7, you can uh, give us an update on the old. I'm interested in that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we should give her a little wrap up. I feel like I feel like I should a spin class. <laughs> I know. Why am I? Why am I? It was a lot of suicide chat. Yeah. You fell in love with OJ Simpson. I did not fall in love with OJ Simpson. I tore up my mom's veg. You came straight out of the stomach. Yeah, it's right into the spotlight. Oh, you gotta post the videos of you from 1992. Oh yeah, that's what I'm doing tonight. Okay, so we'll put that on our. On our, on our oh, Instagram. So, on our Instagram. So, okay, our Instagram is hugs and hugs. And then also we- Wait, ha- hugs underscore and underscore hugs. Right. Yes. But if you just look, uh, if you if you type in hugs and hugs, or is it and or and? And. If you, or is t- it and? I don't know. You made it. <laughs> I think it's and. Oh, we are the worst promoters. No, it is and. If you just type in <laughs> hugs and hugs, it'll, it'll come up with the underscore one. And also, the email that we gave out last time- Use that for now in the event that you do want to email, but we are going to come up with a better we'll make, email. Let's make a Facebook page this week, too. We'll make a Facebook That'll page. That'll be easy because that kind of acts as email, too. You can do yeah. the message thing. So, yeah, I'm curious to hear, like, reviews or, like, what you have to say. Or also, if you want to, this is to the listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the five no, I, listeners. no, a review is good. Reviews and, are good. And if you go on the old iTunes... It's hard to find, but if you can just somehow give us a five-star review, it just helps us get more listeners. If that's is, how you really if feel. Or if you want to give it two stars and you want to shit on I'm, us, that's fine, too. I mean, do how, go ahead. Do, do, do you. Do you. Do you. Do you. But like, do you, boo. It, do how you really feel. Maybe hit subscribe. Maybe. Yeah, that's good. That's, I mean, it's a good option because yeah. then it pops right up when we put one up. But get in touch with us in whatever way you find easier, whether that's email or our new Facebook page, which will come out this week, or through an Instagram direct message. If you have any, if you want us to like talk about something, or if you have any questions from previous apps or whatever. Or if you're crazy and associate it with uh, being a C-section baby, let us know. We'll start gathering the, the statistics right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm so interested in this. Let's go watch the OJ doc. I'm gonna watch. You gotta watch Ep One. You, you, but you saw the show and you liked it. If you oh, liked the, the show, show was the show fucking was so good. And I was so good. It's so good. So good. Let's watch the doc. So excited. Let's go do it. Let's get some food. Oh my god. This is good. Yeah. Good job. High five. Feel High good. Five. You did all the things. Yeah. You oh, said all the words. Said all the things. All oh, right. Do we have like a suicide hotline number. Oh yeah, we should do that. Hold on. People have been saying it a lot today. Uh, it's just the, yeah, the one. The one thing of advice I would give is like. Just check in on your friends, you know what I mean? Like just just be aware of what's going on with your with your pals because if they don't seem like they're doing right, we'll talk to them because it could really make the difference. I know that sounds like kind of cheesy, but I've been hearing it so much today and I agree. Uh, 
suicide hotline if you ever feel depressed or anything. 1-800-273-8255. Call that if you ever feel bummed out. Yeah, and, or, or just reach and reach out to people. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of times, like, depression comes with, like, shame. And so I think people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And, I mean... And it comes in waves, too. It comes in waves. And this is also cliche, but I totally agree with it. Suicide is a permanent solution for a temporary problem. 100%. Okay. Well, there you go. 1-800-273-8255. You can also uh, call us. We'll we'll, we'll cheer you up. We love you. We love you. I have to urinate. All right. Let's go pee. Uh, (laughs) Let's go pee. Let's go pee. All right. This has been Hugs. And Hugs.